Mr. B says YouTubers shouldn't have a personality. Mikey Mouse asks, as someone whose content features your personality a lot, what do you think about Mr. Beast's idea that personality should appear only very rarely in content to make it appeal to as many people as possible? My thoughts on this would be a combination of different rambles, where it is the case that success in one avenue can often preclude you or make it harder for you to succeed in another avenue. So for example, you can use your personality or particular positions that you have philosophical, uh, society, politics, whatever, to really hone in on a particular audience and become successful with them, to become beloved by them, but at the same time, ridiculed and hated by a mass of other people. You can attach your brand to something potentially controversial that other people don't want to touch, and that can make you very successful in that vein, but again, preclude you from success in other avenues. When it comes to personality or just your words in general, every single time you speak, you have the ability to bring people towards you and to ward people away. And the more of your positions that you espouse on effectively anything, the more people who you're gonna fall outside of their range of acceptability on. Ultimately, it is true that things like my ramble series will turn some people off my content for others bring them towards me. It's just content that I prefer to make. It is quite hard to be a generic nothing of a person and still become successful, I think, especially in the live streaming game. If your goal though is to appeal to as many people as possible, then yeah, what Mr. B says is true, where you should hold back any aspect of yourself that might potentially be off-putting to some people, being as generic as possible and or only showcasing things that universally are considered to be positive, which even then, there aren't that many such things. If you donate a large amount of money to charity, someone's going to be there being like, um, that's not enough money, or um, that charity's terrible, or um, you just do, this is clearly just a douchebag move to make yourself look good. It doesn't matter what you do, someone's going to hate it. But obviously, coming out with a stance on abortion is going to be more likely to influence people's perceptions uh, of you and your content than, say, donating a large amount of money to a children's orphanage. So I agree with his statement. If your goal is to target the maximum conceivable amount of success possible rather than simply success in general. Because as I say, if you're holding yourself back entirely, you're making it much harder in my view for you to succeed. Because as I've said before, one of the best assets for becoming successful in the online social media space is being a somewhat unique person or being able to produce unique content because you being a unique individual are a part of it. If you preclude yourself from that avenue, then your ability to become successful is gonna be much harder. I think what Mr. Beast has done himself and potentially what I have done as well, and I think this is what most people do, is like when you start off, your personality is more at the forefront and as you become more successful, you become more aware that there are more people for you to push away. So you kind of restrict the more controversial or potentially controversial uh, aspects of yourself. As I say, I, I talk less about politics these days, although I still do talk about it a bit. When I think of Mr. Beast, I don't think of like his philanthropy, for, for example. I think of that video I saw of him where he said Elon Musk is his favorite person. Or that video where he stayed in a Trump hotel and uh, said some fairly unflattering things about Trump. These are fairly old videos. I wonder if they're still there. I wonder if he still holds to these beliefs. But it's clearly not in Mr. Beast's best interest to have those two things define him for anyone when they are not the focus of his content. He's a centrist. Being apolitical in regards to your content, I don't think would necessarily be the same as being a centrist. Although not using your influence to alter the course of politics 
is in a way a support of the uh, of things staying exactly as they are, which is somewhat of a centrist position, I suppose. You can't stand Mr. Beast. He's got to have something bad about him behind the scenes. Oh, even statements like this from Mr. Beast are somewhat suggestive of that. He's openly saying, I will not showcase aspects of my personality that I believe will be off-putting to people. I believe reserving myself or putting on a face different from my own would lead me to greater success. And that's true, but that being a reality means that, yeah, Mr. Beast could be hiding many skeletons in his closet. I don't think he is, though, personally. I think he's just a pretty standard dude who got pretty lucky and has some good people around him and has worked well to continue to expand from uh, his humble beginnings. Like, when you look at the variety of people who are rich and successful on YouTube, like Mr. Beast is... There's clearly a lot of really bad people up there. I don't think Mr. Beast is... Uh, necessarily one of those people. I, I don't know the dude though, so. You can ask Google's AI who it thinks you are. So this thing, myadcenter.google.com shows what YouTube thinks you do and who you are. Like it's indicative of like what it thinks based on your search history and stuff. And so this is what kind of ads you get. So it says relationships, not enough info. I'm not in a relationship, sir. Not doing very well. What's this one say? Moderate high income. I think I'd be in the high income category, so that's also not correct. High school diploma. Okay, this is also incorrect because I have a bachelor's degree. I also have uh, certificates from TAFE. Industry, not enough info. I mean, I literally work for Google, so it's also kind of dumb. Employer size. Large employer. Technically, I suppose I'm a self-employed. I'm a contract or whatever, but I also do work for Google. So this is either... Correct or incorrect, depending upon your perspective. No, it's actually incorrect, because if they, they're counting Google, they're a very large employer. So it's wrong regardless of how it perceives me. Home ownership. Homeowners. Okay, I do own a home. Very good. Parenting. Not parents. This is also true. So what were they, like, two for seven? Good work, Google. The illusion of competence in the eyes of the uninformed. So a tweet got to the top of Reddit that mirrored something I was talking about recently, where if you don't have any knowledge of a particular topic, it's very hard to assess another person's competency in that topic if they're acting quite confident. Because people can, you can suss out when a person's uncertain about what they're doing, but if they just have unjustified confidence, it's hard to be able to go, oh wait, you're actually full of shit. So Rod Hilton says, he talked about electric cars. I don't know anything about cars. So when people said he was a genius, I figured he must be a genius. Then he talked about rockets. I don't know anything about rockets. So when people said he was a genius, I figured he must be a genius. Now he talks about software. I happen to know a lot about software and Elon Musk is saying the stupidest shit I've ever heard anyone say. So when people say he's a genius, I figure I should stay the hell away from his cars and rockets. Each one of you will have this experience at some point. It's like when he talked about social media or how to compete with YouTube with uh, edited content and stuff, and everything he said was just unbelievably stupid. And then when he makes statements where like, I don't like to attribute credit to people based on what they do. I think it's toxic and stuff. It's like, oh yeah, because the entirety of Elon Musk's history is him getting lucky and or taking credit for other people's stuff. Look up some of the in-depth kind of histories of Elon Musk's life and think to yourself, wait a second, he got really lucky for that to occur. That company, but okay, yeah, he just happened to make that before everyone else. Oh, okay, fair enough. Oh, he he just happened to have shares when they got bought out. Okay, fair enough. And all along the way, it's like, oh, he wasn't actually a founder of that. He he bullied the people out 
and paid so he could be called founder. Okay. Oh, he didn't actually found that company. His company was just bought by that company. He calls himself a founder. Oh, that's very interesting. And it goes on and on and on. But people still love Elon Musk chat because we exist in a hellscape. Life is terrible. Am I going to start doing facts and glitches for GTA Online? Lobo Charity asks, now that you have been doing more GTA Online content, do you think facts and glitches for an online is a viable option? Yes. At some point, I will probably start doing facts and glitches for online. But it will be stuff that has been around for like forever. Stuff that Rockstar is not going to patch. Something that seven years ago, people were able to do and probably can still do now. It's kind of like my goal with that. It'd be largely cosmetic stuff. Stuff that doesn't affect your ability to make money and stuff. Because I wouldn't want Rockstar to uh, nuke my account or something. And again, I don't want the stuff that I put out to be patched. It's confirmed Twitch won't partner with Reactors anymore. So previously we talked about someone not getting partnership on Twitch because of reactionary content. And we were unsure whether this was referring to reaction content or the kind of inflammatory political sort of response content. But we seem to have gotten our answer. So this wake guy got uh, denied. At least there's an answer. Guess IRL collab arc is necessary. No partners should be reacting. So this is indicative that it's not a matter of politics necessarily, but like they don't want to partner reaction-based channels. Here's the thing though. Like the second this dude would be given partnership, he would just start reacting to videos again. Just sitting there hours on end watching other people work hard so he can make money. And as long as they're not going to ban or do anything to restrict this from current partners doing it, they're going to do it as well. Because as has been shown by the last couple of years, the best way to grow an audience on Twitch is to sit on Twitch, watch other people's YouTube videos in order to stay live as long as possible, to farm the recommendation algorithm away from other creators, and then take those already edited segments because you're watching YouTube videos and repost them onto YouTube to then steal impressions away from the creators on that platform to both go on YouTube and Twitch. And so all the large creators on Twitch are reactors who have reaction channels on YouTube and they're just growing massively because when you can get a month's worth of work in watching a YouTube video for 30 minutes, it's a good return on time. And this has just obviously become worse and worse over time to where even the older school Twitch creators who were able to keep their positions because they've just been around for so long, even they've started to lose ground to these new hybrid reaction creators farming an audience on YouTube. So like, unless suddenly everyone grows a hearse and uh, care for others or grows ethics or what have you, which is not going to happen, or Twitch actually cracks down on this stuff. Anyone who, who gets partnership, who is willing to do that ethically, is going to do it. And this guy is no different. So cool for Twitch recognizing that maybe having a platform that's identity is that place you watch YouTube videos isn't very good. And that contributing to the death of the creative spirit in online media is probably not good either. But at the same time, this does not go far enough to fix things. I think C-Dog VA is an exception to this, a big streamer, but I haven't seen him do React content. To my understanding, C-Dog doesn't like reaction content. He has like watched YouTube videos, but not in a way that I would consider to be like on the vein of Asmongold sitting there for hours a day watching people's YouTube videos. Like he's done like watch some clips and stuff, not as a main part of his content, but as a supplementary thing. I wouldn't call him an exception though. When I talk about like the biggest creators on the platform, I mean like the people who are getting monumentally more views than everyone else. C-Dog has grown with that hybrid model of YouTube and Twitch, but he's done it legitimately with an actual channel of uh, creative content and uh, collaborations with um, Joel and Gans. But you see, even he, with all that power behind him, 
<laughs> can't crack the upper echelons of people just uploading 10 videos a day of other people's hard work. The TikTok channel making out of context memes about me. So there aren't many channels with like memes about me that kind of pop off, especially because I have my own Reddit for people to post memes about me too. I think people are less inspired to make like their own channels or that kind of stuff. And they don't know how I feel about that stuff. So maybe they also don't do it that for that reason. But as I've always said, if you're making original stuff using other people's work, as long as it's original, it's an expression, it's, it's different from what the other person has made themselves, that's totally fine in my book, right? We all benefit from people creating new forms of expression using other people's work. And then that's kind of the point of fair use after all. Obviously there's limits to that. Everyone has their own line, but the concept of fair use, making something original, using parts of other people's work, I'm totally for, obviously. So with that being said, there is a channel making some memes about me on TikTok right now. And there are not really family friendly, let's say. When you and your mate have run out of funny jokes. I should just start saying ridiculously racist things. There was this one, wasn't it? Yeah, so it's got 700,000 views, which is pretty good. When the emo kid starts laughing, but then he realized he's actually depressed. <laughs> no. Oh, wait. <laughs> I especially love these using these clips from uh, my already out of context video. One of the reasons why I like this is the comment section is very wholesome. Ultra mega super duper ultimate common dark viper AUW. Millions to one common dark viper W. Extremely common dark viper W. Matter out of context, funniest thing ever. And I was like, oh man, that's cool. So thank you, random guy, for making uh, memes about my stuff. Will my final anti-reaction content video ever be made? I'm still adding to that essay about reaction content, right? For the final video that I want to make. But I'm like, I'm so fascinated by this topic. I can't stop thinking about it. And I have like the perfect fucking explanation, the perfect analogy to explain it. That even the dumbest person alive could understand. And it makes me excited to make that video. But I know I'm not going to, potentially for eons. I'm just like, ah, oh, but it's so good. It's so good. It's going to be very interesting when I finally get to try to cobble that video together, how much of it is uh, still in my memory. I'm convinced I'm going to eventually make it though. And the reason isn't as I once upon a time thought it would end up being, which is ego. I'm fairly convinced that the world cannot be really made a better place. And I'm certainly not the one to achieve that. But it's like sincere interest at this point. And just like, I think it's just something interesting to explain to the handful of people who give a shit. My thoughts on the new Avatar movie. What do you think about Avatar Way of the Water? Have you seen it? Yeah, I saw it. I can't believe they killed everyone in the first five minutes. I was, I was, pff, wow, truly blown away. No, I haven't seen it. Why would I watch that movie? Avatar Way of the Water nears 900 million globally? What? Fucking why? So adjusted for inflation in 2021 dollars, Avatar 1 made $3.5 billion. So I think we can safely say that Avatar 2 isn't going to come close to that kind of money. If you're curious, the top movies are Gone with the Wind, Avatar, Titanic, and Star Wars, adjusted for inflation. I guess maybe because everyone is talking about it and people are just curious. Yeah, I suppose if you're if you're just going to go to the movies, you would be like, oh, I, mean, I wonder what the follow-up to Avatar is like. Way of the water, let's just fucking go. Yeah, I have no interest in the movie. I am surprised it's doing well, but I'm not surprised it's not doing as well as the first movie. Are people using me just to get into my videos? Mark Inyo asks, do you think people only ask questions to get into videos? Questions that can be asked on my Discord uh, if you're a YouTube member, a patron, or a Twitch subscriber? 
I don't think enough people have asked questions for that to possibly be true. This one maybe, but no. The vast majority of people are not willing to go the effort to put stuff into the Discord. Stop asking me if I've seen Breaking Bad. Have you seen Breaking Bad? I am so fucking sick of being asked if I've seen Breaking Bad. I get that question every single day. And I've had that question every single day since the first episode had released like, what, 10 years ago or something. Every single day, people knocking on my door to ask me this question. I'm sick of it. Stop it. Everyone has seen Breaking Bad. Everyone. Like, you could at least ask if I've seen Better Call Saul, but even that, yes. Goddamn yes. I've seen it all. Breaking Bad came out 14 years ago. Even worse. Stop it. No more. This YouTuber makes the most hardcore game retrospectives I've ever seen. So there is this channel called I Finished a Video Game, which does retrospectives in a way that I've never seen before. So this dude picks a franchise and literally plays all the games in it. And recently he started to rack up a lot of views with some of these videos, but they take so long to make. This is literally a seven hour video about Castlevania that goes over every single one of the games. Briefly summarizing the story, how the games were received, what made them succeed or fail in his opinion and what people were saying at the time as well. It gives them a, a bit of a rating compared to other games and it's edited wonderfully. Voice sounds good. It's just presented so well and it's seven hours. I know this says I haven't watched the whole thing, but trust me, I have watched the entirety of this video. The only interest I have in Castlevania was from the Netflix series. I'd never played any of the games. So it was very interesting to go through it all, to get more detail about this game franchise that I was never going to play, but I've always heard whispers about as I've gone throughout my life. He does cover each game briefly, but it's like 30 plus games and he plays through them all. Did I mention that? That's the main thing that maybe sets him apart a bit. He actually plays through each of the games. So he actually understands how they play. He's not reading some Wikipedia or something. He actually plays through them and beats them. It's seven hours of edited content. I came back to it like every day for like a week or something to get through it. It was great, well worth it. So if you're looking for something to chuck like a ridiculous amount of time at, this is your video. I mean, you don't like Castlevania, you, Dino Crisis, or you know, I, I watched the Prince of Persia one a while back as well. That was good. Doesn't have that many videos. But uh, will be a huge time sink if you're interested in that kind of thing.